the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 144, and our guest for the second time is Van Plating. Van is a singer, songwriter, and virtuoso violin player from Florida whose latest record, Orange Blossom Child, is a personal examination of the place that raised her. We caught up at Van Plating's beautiful home in Central Florida with our bellies full of Indian food and glasses filled with rum trigger warning everybody van opened up about a near-death experience she had a few years ago it is a harrowing story and i don't want anyone to be caught off guard by the details y'all i am so grateful for van's music for the work that she produces and also for her friendship it is my great honor to bring you my conversation with van plating barefoot interview this is the first barefoot interview i think um I have some folks have come over to the house in their sock feet okay but i think this is the first time i've ever so even langhorn foot. slim wore shoes lang did langhorn slim wear sh- yeah langhorn slim wore shoes right. yeah um all right i think we're pretty good it just kind of like yeah yeah all right all right my friend I am so grateful to be back here in your backyard, your beautiful backyard. Once again in Lakeland, holding this beautiful physical copy of your beautiful record. Yay. I am so proud of you and Thank so Thank you so much. Grateful to be your friend and and a fan, mm. your fan and for the opportunity to get to live with these songs a little bit and I'm so excited to dive into them because you have made an incredible record. Oh. Thank you, my friend. And thank you for having me back and coming back here so I could come back. <laughs> There's no better setting for us to talk about Orange Blossom Child than your backyard, which mm-hmm. is so Florida. And mm-hmm. 
you can hear the sounds folks can probably hear the the sounds in the background uh this is what it feels like here this is what it sounds like Mm -hmm. here and you've captured that feeling on this record so beautifully um and i i want to just briefly gush a little bit more about it before we really dive in twist my arm (laughs) (laughs) because um I mean, I, I think I said something similar the last time we talked, which was that I had really enjoyed your debut solo record. Mm-hmm. I had then thought that the next record was a huge step up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a leap. Thank you. Like this is a and and of course, I don't mean that to in any way disparage the other records that I love. Of course not. But just to say like. We hope to grow. Buddy, you've grown. Thank you. <laughs> I mean. Thank you. I mean, it is, I think, and it's and it's apparent from the very first moment. I mean, you know, the, the title track leads off the record mm-hmm. and you paint this picture mm-hmm. that I, I mentioned something on Twitter the other day about how it, you have this ability to make, to take something so specific, mm-hmm. driving down OBT in your mm-hmm. daddy's Cherokee mm-hmm. and and that moment is so vivid in my mind, in part because I drive down Orange Blossom Trail right. all the time, right, right? Right. But also, the ability you have to take that specific thing uh-huh. and make it universal, because this is such a Florida record in so many mm-hmm. ways, mm-hmm. and it could feel exclusive if right. not done the right way. Right. But it most certainly is done the right way, and as a result has this universality to it thank you so much can you talk about that like how conscious you are when you're when you're making a record that's so place driven Mm -hmm. and so uh themed but Mm -hmm. that is also going to and needing to connect with people from all over the world so you said a leap and you know what does a leap feel like taking a big scary huge massive you don't know if you're gonna like land on your feet or not yeah kind of leap and that is a hundred percent what making this felt like at the same time this is my first offering to the world that is solely mine my vision i produced it I pushed all the computer buttons, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and because of that and then all the writing, there are no co-writes on this album. That's new for that's me. interesting, yeah. And I love to co-write. Yeah, it, yeah. That's just not what this was supposed to be, though. Yeah. You know, that just didn't happen this time. Um, I was supposed to make this myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's something about opening oneself up on a really deep level are experiences of joy and pain, adolescence, change, feeling like a misfit, that moment of before you become an adult and you're so preoccupied with forward movement and you're really present. I think most of us have been teenagers in the car and felt completely present in the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. at least if you're my age, you have because I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a smartphone talking to me. I didn't have, you know, if you, so most of us have had some sort of moment that you can connect the feelings with. Mm -hmm. And then the locale, because you, you know, it's personal. I think that's why Bruce Springsteen's Mm -hmm. songs and Tom Petty's songs hit home 
because they use street names, yeah. right? They yeah. use specific verbiage about, you know, the countryside and things like that. But the feelings that are behind it and the experiences that are happening in those locations have happened to most of us if we're honest with ourselves. Uh -huh. And I think that's where you can kind of get that universality. It also doesn't hurt if you can make it a little catchy and singable. <laughs> okay, so I, there are a couple things. Uh, thank you for that beautiful segue because... You know, that I, that first song I just mentioned, right? The title track. Yes. Um, it's referencing specifically the year 96, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And so we are the same age. Mm -hmm. And so 96, we're in high school. Yep. And, um, and just before that is when I got my very first CD with my own money. Right, oh, man, what earned. was it? It was Winona Judd's oh. solo record and I, so yesterday i was listening to your record mm -hmm. and then i listened to the new turnpike troubadours record kind of mm, back to back i haven't listened to that one yet it's good it's really good <coughs> but a couple things stood out to me because i had your cd out right right? <clears throat> right so i'm looking at the physical copy which i'm holding my hands right now and the aesthetic mm -hmm. And then also, as I was listening to the songs, mm -hmm. reminded me so much of that Winona record mm -hmm. and a lot of the records that I attached to at that mm -hmm. time in that it is there. These are great songs mm -hmm. that are, in fact, incredibly catchy that do beg to be sung at the top of your mm -hmm. lungs that do beg the windows rolled down. But it isn't a throwback right. to the 90s right right like right. sonically it's not a throwback right and yet it just hit me really hard last night as i was looking at the cd uh -huh. and listening to it uh -huh. and thinking about how aesthetically this looks like a modern version of that right. winona record and it's right. not at all the same thing but there is right. a feeling right of like this is really quality uh -huh. and at the same time it's really because um, I think sometimes what has happened in the intervening years is that you got one or the other. Yes, you got you got 100%. that it was gonna gonna be something that I feel like anybody could listen to. Right, and or I mean, or you got something that was of really high quality. Right, and there's been right. so much time that it feels like we've had those things and, and chasing down how mm -hmm. do you make something mm -hmm. that is that is incre incredibly catchy right. and begs to be sung along, but also is of such high quality lyrically and musically. Yeah. How aware are you when you're making the record? I'm o OCD to the, like, I'm, I mean, everything like with what you see, you know, the visual of this, of the CD, the color choices, yeah. the photography that was chosen, the vibe. You know, the aesthetic was taken from a photo I found of Springsteen from the 70s. Oh, cool. Uh, by Lynn Goldsmith uh, that I'd never seen before. And he was in this biker jacket um, and against this pink background. And I loved the attitude of that. And, you know, I'm going to brazenly say, like, I hope as I grow as an artist, like, I really do believe in my art enough that I want it to become part of the modern lexicon of songs. Mm. I don't know if that will happen. Sure. But if I aim lower than that, how like I'm not aiming for lower than that. I'm yeah. aiming for way up, you know, the absolute best art I can make. And I think part of it is, you know, I, I jokingly said OCD, but that is true. Yeah. You know, growing up as a trained violinist, like 
you know, that paid for my college. Like, I'm obsessive to a degree that I don't even think I could express to you how intensely I process every sound that went into this. Every mm-hmm. And it wasn't from a place of anxiety. It's deep, immense delight. Uh-huh. Inspiration, discovery. I wanted to take sounds that I grew up with, sounds that resonated with me, specifically that related to what I was talking about. Uh-huh. And then the same thing with the lyrics. Like, instead of using the word bird, I'm using kite bird or whippoorwill or heron. You know, all of that stuff was super intentional to me. And I didn't know if it was going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know if it was going to work, but I knew that I had to try the very best that I could and not cop out in, in any way. And I, I don't even think I know how to do that. You know, like sometimes I wish I, I could take a step back when I'm making something and be like, okay, I just need to be settled with that. They yeah. have, there's no moment on this album that I settled for anything. Mm-hmm. Not on any part, not on any um, lyric, you know, and it's the best thing that I've ever made. Um, and I hope I keep growing. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about growth and a little bit about, so I, I, I want to dive into the fact that, you know, you said earlier, you talked about the fact that there's no co-writes. Right. And that you really like that. We, we talked earlier off mm-hmm. mic about how you really enjoy the collaborative process. I do. You've got, it will stand out to folks immediately, a ton of talent on this record yes right there's a ton of folks on this record singing with you playing with you they're all incredible yes people that we've been listening to for a long time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and yet it is a van plating record yes it is 100%. it is it's you it's you mm-hmm. how do you like what does that balance look like because you're talking about like Elizabeth Cook, right? <laughs> I, know. I still can't believe she's on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do that a lot in this conversation. Yeah, Reckless Kelly. God, you yes. know, like yes, uh, there, there's there's all these folks that like these are these are huge people in the world that we right in the spaces people I've that listened we to for listened years, for twenty years, some of them. I right? mean, like what or more, right? Yeah. I would imagine. And so, how does that like? How do you how did you strike that balance to say like I'm gonna have someone with the personality yeah. and chops of an Elizabeth Cook on my record and yet it's gonna be me? I didn't I just didn't think about it. You know, what's incredible about every single artist who played on the sessions or every single artist who's featured, and there's a lot of them, I think there's nine, nine features. Um, which is crazy and awesome and that's me and I hope I get to do keep doing that I want to keep collaborating but I think that what I have found with these people who are at this level of artistry is they come in and if they love the song they just play to the song and they do it so beautifully Elizabeth Cook came in she came up with her you know that that's her harmony part I didn't write any parts she had the song she learned the song through the lyrics through her own part that awesome little tag at the end the take me back that mm-hmm. part that was all her idea and i saw that over and over these people brought their own thing to it now i think that something that does kind of make me different as a producer at least from from people i've worked with 
It doesn't mean that this is like a rare unicorn trait, but mm-hmm. when I booked people, whether it was someone who's going to play drums or guitar or whatever, I would say, here are the references. This is the direction. Then they would send me a few different things. I didn't nitpick. I knew that I could create arrangements with anything. Mm-hmm. So there was no like anxiety or like fear as part of that. I felt like my, my biggest hurdle was just the time it takes to edit things, right? Yeah, yeah. But as far as that, the creative aspect of that and bringing in these heavy hitters and feeling like it was 100% intimidating and overwhelming to be getting files from, you know, Cody and Willie Braun and from yeah. Elizabeth Cook and, you know, the list the list just, go, the list yeah, just yeah. goes on and yeah. on and on. You know, it was almost more scary to get yeses from those people than it was to get the files and put them into the, yeah. into the session, you know. Um, but my gosh, like Crystal Bauer socks freaking elevated the whole song. You know, they all did. Yeah. Every single one of them. Um, but I just didn't think about it. I didn't think about who they were so mm. much as that vo- their voice and their feel. That's the other thing. If you, I'm see, I'm getting excited. So I'm starting to talk fast. I'll try That's to slow okay. down. You don't, you sound great and I'm excited too. So I think part of it too is sending people songs that, like doing your best to send people songs that would be in their wheelhouse anyway, you uh, know? Uh-huh. So like Reckless is on the most Red Dirt sounding song of the album. And it's in a key that I'm, s- this is how OCD I am, Jason. Uh-huh. Before we asked anybody, invited anybody to sing on something, I went and I would go to their catalog and I checked for their keys to see what keys they sing in. Interesting. And um, wait, what do you mean? You're so you listen and then listen to their songs, uh-huh. pick it out, figure out what key they're in, uh-huh. and if the song I was thinking about was not going to be within that wheelhouse, I would be like, "Oh, that's a bad choice for them. Let's think about something else." Oh, wow. So you know, you do all this legwork ahead of time, and it was the same with instrumentalists. I didn't just reach out to people who I knew were good. It was more about what is this song going to be. What is this person's, this player's vibe already? If you play to people's strengths, man. Yeah. And that's what I tried to do with this, you know. It made my life easier. And then I just shaped it all. I got it all back. And then I just could cut and paste and edit and move and shift. And the mixing engineer was amazing because he listened to everything I wanted to do with it. And mm-hmm. then he took his own creativity to it. And that's why it sounds like me. Yeah. Well, and baked into that also is just some things that we talked about last time, but that are worth revisiting. And that is two two things. One is the incredible work ethic that you have and the amount of work that you put into your, your mm-hmm. art. And then two is something that, I, that we highlighted last time about your ability, your, your leadership ability Thank and you. your ability to be the helm of a mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me that you had all these heavyweights here mm-hmm. and that you were able to, it doesn't sound like a them. It sounds like they are part of right. you. Right. Right. You, you all have formed like Voltron to yeah. be, right? Yeah. Uh, and all 32 of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, it's a really chaotic episode of, of children's <laughs> classic cartoon Voltron. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> to uh, make more nineties references. But it, it, that again, 
highlights both the, the amount of work that, mm-hmm. that you put into these things mm-hmm. and, and, the, and you can hear it in the, in the quality Thank of this you. record, but then also just your ability to, to be a leader of people. Thank you so much. That means a lot. You're welcome. I'd like to dive into, to before we get into the record, uh, yeah. I mean the songs specifically, which I want to do. I, You said something a second ago about the idea of like, I forget the exact word you used, but you were kind of talking about how like, you know, almost um, almost a, an anxiety about reaching out to some of these right. folks. Right, right, right. Can, can we unpack that a little bit too? Like, yes. Yes, I think that a lot of us in the, so if I'm going to talk about myself as an artist who's been solidly in the emerging category for several years, right? it can be very scary to try and grow past that. And in order to grow, you know, anybody who's making art would love for it to be sustainable. I don't need to make a lot of money, but I would love to be able to keep growing, to have a career that sustains itself so then I can go also and like bring people along with me and help them make art, help them learn how to, you know, grow and be part of, you know, hopefully impacting our culture in a beautiful, empathetic way. But, you know, it's, it's scary because it would have been very easy for me to make this whole record by myself with maybe one or two other people playing on Mm -hmm. it. The harder and it still would have sounded great. And it still would have sounded great, but it wouldn't have been this. Right. And it's scary when you're a nobody from Florida mm-hmm. sending emails and DMs and requests to people you've never met who don't owe you a damn thing. And you're sitting here and it's all basically on the strength of either the mutual connection that you have with the person that gave you their contact Mm -hmm. or it's on the strength of the song. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times for people who are so busy, it's both. Yep. And so, yeah, it was terrifying. I didn't breathe for a week after um, my friend sent the email with the song to Reckless Kelly. I was like... I didn't even care about having someone huge on the album until I sent the email. And then all of a sudden, like, I can't breathe. I can't yeah. sleep. It's all I th- yeah, I'm like yeah. refreshing my inbox constantly, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's a funny phenomenon. Right? I 100% know what you mean. And yeah, like you're totally fine. But then you yeah. make the ask. Yeah. Then yeah. you make the yeah. reach out. And, uh, you know, at no point in time during this process, did any single person who collaborated with me owe me anything like they didn't they didn't have to say yes to this right i paid everybody but like not like gajillions of dollars (laughs) you know they did it because they wanted to and the anxiety never went away of the ask Uh but it did turn from like kind of fearful like oh my gosh is anyone gonna say yes to the anxiety became oh my gosh everyone said yes what am i yeah (laughs) what am i gonna do now everyone said yes yeah. And, you know, what will people think of me? Because I put everybody on here. Uh-huh. Right. And then I had to be like, oh, shut up, Van. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what it's about. It's about making cool shit. Yeah. That matters. Yeah. Bring everybody. Let's do it. You know? Well, absolutely. And I think it'd be helpful for folks listening. I know that it's it looks different in with my podcast, but it's definitely, you know, I do a lot of asking. Mm-hmm. Um, people do a lot of asking to me. Right. And... Right. It's and that's really interesting because I think 
like you know for example on the on the podcast end of it i can't say yes to everything right 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 of course and yeah. uh sometimes i hear something and i'm not sure if it makes like i'm not sure if it's the right fit for right. the for the marinade even right. though it may be very good right. sometimes it doesn't hit me right right and i don't right. I, and then i have to navigate the you know how what am i going to say about this right. how do i respond to this like what have you learned through this process or even le- leading yeah. up to this process about asking that maybe would be helpful for folks out there who are emerging, who are making things, who are trying to figure out how do I ha- make that ask? I think just know that most people really are kinder than you would ever realize. Mm-hmm. Most people who are, you know, the people you look up to that are a stage beyond you or two or five or however many stages beyond you like they're human beings who have built a career just like you're trying to do right now yeah and if you come humbly and aren't an asshole and you're kind oh my gosh the kindness you tend to get like overall like i mean it is is shocked me because i would have thought hey i'm a nobody nobody really knows my name None of, like not at that level. Yeah, you know, yeah. not at the right. level we're talking about. You know, where people have teams that you coordinate with yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I just figured I'm nobody. I don't matter. They're gonna say no, and I was so my heart was just completely changed toward the power of giving them the chance to say yes to someone. Do you know mm-hmm. why Elizabeth Cook said yes to me? She was paying it for because um, I believe it was Patty Griffin. I'm going to double check myself after this. Okay. But uh, said yes to her. Wow. To sing on her record. Wow. And she said, you know what? This is my chance. She said that to me in an email. She said, Wow. Are you kidding? Patty Griffin did this for me. If it's not Patty, I'm sorry. I'm going to double check. I, Patty Griffin was on uh, on one of her records. I'm okay. like 90% sure. She said she did it for me when I was a nobody. Yeah. The least I can do Exodus, is do this for you. I think you're right. I, don't I know. feel we'll terrible that I'm not I know we're, we're spending way too much time on this that we can look up later and I can correct and okay, post. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, but the point being, like, that's huge. But she remembered that yeah. moment of being vulnerable and making an ass that scared her, and that, and she said, "You know what? I'm going to say yes." And so I would also say to other people who listen who aren't teeny indie artists trying to break from an impossible state to break a career from, <laughs> it's, it's not impossible. It's just hard, but we do hard things. Uh, I would also say to more influential people who are listening, who I know do listen to your show, is never forget the power of your yes to change the trajectory Mm. of someone else's life. Yeah. It's important not to forget that. The impact that we have when we take a minute and say yes to someone just because we can. Mm -hmm. It has it has a huge, huge, huge longstanding impact, you know, and these people's yeses. Hopefully, if this album continues to grow like I think it might, yeah, it's going to enable me to say yes more, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. Mm-hmm. What a gift. I agree with you. This album is going to continue to grow. I And I feel like I'm in a position where I can make an even stronger statement, which is we can't predict, right? We don't no. know who's going to hear or what. But I, right. I know that it's undeniable. I know Thank that you. it's undeniably a great record. And I know that... It is one people need to hear. Thank you. And you're already seeing 
you know, in terms of the the tangible stuff. Yeah. Right. You're already seeing yeah. an uptick. Big time. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> how did? What is that? What's your headspace like right oh, now? So weird. It's so weird. So the hard way, the second single, which is going to be my next question. Here we go. It hit sixteen thousand streams in a week. And for an independent artist who doesn't have a bankroll paying for streams, there's no paid follows, none of that. That's insane. <laughs> it's just, it's a small number to some people, but that's a huge number when you're on your own. Yeah. It, it, it's huge. And the Heron, the one with Elizabeth Cook, uh, crossed 12,000 streams. And this is just Spotify, you know, yeah. but that is a big, it's a big it's one. It's a big one, yeah. That's a big one. Um, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> but yeah, so just that and the responses, the listener growth, I think my, you know, to talk nerd for a minute, my release engagement for this is it's something like 20% of my followers have already engaged with it. Oh, wow. You're considered doing really good if you get like 5% of your people engaging with it. Wow. So. I'm just, I'm in a weird headspace because I almost am so used to like nose to the grindstone that for something to be doing well, I'm like so thrilled. It's going to take me a while to like yeah. <laughs> to process that, that, you know, the hope that I had was that these songs would hit people's hearts, you know, yeah. and that they would, you know, like our favorite songs, they come and they, they stay. Yeah. And that was my hope with this. And it's too soon, you know, to know long term what that will do. But it, my gosh, it sure seems like something different. There's a very, something very different this time. Yeah. I, I'm trying to catch up to it in my head. Well, I, you know, it, it's helpful, I think, to mention here, we haven't even discussed the fact that the record's not out yet. <laughs> that, right. That we just, we've got <laughs> singles out, but the record's, yeah. the whole record's not out yet. And right that that's already where you are it's a really interesting yeah. time for you right mm -hmm. that the the music's finally out there you you've put so mm -hmm. much time and effort into these mm -hmm. songs a few folks have had a chance to hear them but the the public at large has not had a chance to hear right. the record yet as, right. as we're having this conversation and you're right. thinking through what it looks like right and that is that is a tenuous space to live in. It's weird. But it's exciting because yeah. I can, what I feel from you, and please, of course, correct me if this isn't accurate, but I feel from you is a sense that, like, that you do recognize how much growth you've made. Yes, 100%. And that it's not just the external validation of that but right. that you internally feel it yes and it's being reflected in the external validation yes which is like, feels this like, is like crazy it's like, i'm like very confused <laughs> this is like not a thing i feel like, <laughs> like you're the first person maybe to do is, I don't know. is my work starting to work i don't know <laughs> i think that's incredible i uh, you know you you mentioned the hard way mm -hmm. and um you know, tough one to talk about, but yes. I, I want to dive into it. Cause, okay, let's um, do it. You know, because I think this is a, such a great example uh, that that the whole record's full of songs that are uh, bangers with, with a whole lot of complexity to them. <laughs> right. And this one is a perfect I'm going to use that as a quote from you. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, please do. Please do. Put that one on your press materials. <laughs> bangers, bangers with complexity. Um, but... Th that particular song is yeah. a deeply personal song. Yes, it is. And I think if folks don't know the backstory, that you could 
you could, if you're not paying close enough attention, mm-hmm. uh, you could just be like, oh, this is a banger. Right. Wh- which it is. Right. But um, looking at, today I was looking at the lyrics on the page, having known the story. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, yeah. it was just like, it, to, to put something out mm-hmm. like that. And you've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. to put it out in that way. In a song. In a song. Permanently. In that way, yeah. It's out there. Yeah. Can you talk about, you know, tell us the story and then as, as much as you feel comfortable saying here and then okay. sort of like, you know, how how you came to the place mm-hmm. of saying, I'm not only going to write this song, mm-hmm. but I'm going to put it out here on my record. You know, that song took me eight years to be ready to write it. And I wrote that song sitting in the same spot that I'm sitting in, staring at you right now. Wow. Um, oh, I. Well, I'll t- I'll try to tell the story in a in the most concise way I can, so I don't take forever. But um, in 2015, I was here on our back patio, which you all can't see, but the same place where I'm sitting now, talking to Jason. And I was nursing our daughter, Rory, and I felt this stabbing pain so bad that I handed the baby to my husband, Jack, and I went inside and I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay down for a minute. I'm sure I'm fine. And, um, I wasn't fine, but I didn't know that. I began to bleed heavily. And that's when I suddenly started thinking, oh my gosh, am I miscarrying? I had miscarried before. I miscarried um, my first pregnancy. And it was just a very, very intense pain. You know, I I was in a space of like, we had three tiny children. Rory was still an infant. Maybe she was eight months old-ish, something like that. Um, I had had no signs of pregnancy, none. Um, but I, that's what I started thinking. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I must be miscarrying. That must be what's happening. Call the hospital. Um, and they just talk you through, you know, without seeing me, they said, you know, well, if you've miscarried before, you know, if you come in, it's really just, we're going to watch you. You won't be as comfortable as you are at home, you know, so it's up to you. So I stayed home, not knowing that my left fallopian tube had fully ruptured. I was a full trimester pregnant. So it was, uh, it, it was brutal, um, but I didn't know that at the time. I was just in a ton of like dizzying pain. I mean, and I thought, well, it'll start to go away. You know, I was awake, which is one of the reasons that this went on for days, basically. But I was conscious. Usually when you rupture a fallopian tube like I did, uh, it's an ectopic pregnancy. Usually you bleed internally, you pass out. And if you don't get medical attention right away, you die. That's just what happens. Um, I somehow was conscious. I was in excruciating pain, but I was conscious. And that, I think, threw the medical professionals and didn't make it seem like as much of an emergency as we later found out it definitely was. So this happened on a weekend. Um, I kept getting weaker and weaker. You know, um, we called the doctor the weekend line. They said, we'll come in on Monday and we'll see what's going on with you. Again, I was conscious. Yeah, yeah. So they figured she's probably lost a lot of blood. Maybe she's anemic. You know, we'll take a look and see what's going on. Yeah. I came in. 
they, you know, tested my, took blood to test whether or not I was pregnant. Um, and they said, come back in 24 hours this whole time. I'm just, days are going by. I was bleeding internally that whole time. That's wild. Finally, the second day I went in for them to check my pregnancy hormones, I ran into my doctor in the hallway. He took one look at me and said, "You are what's going on? What's wrong with you? And why aren't you at the hospital? You look awful. R- rushed me to an ultrasound. Uh, no baby. And that's when he immediately knew. And they told me to come home, say goodbye to my children, because it had been so long. This was day five. And I asked the nurse, I remember I was on the phone with the nurse, and I said, well, what are my chances? And she said, honey, it's been so long, I can't tell you. I'm so sorry. Hug your children and come straight to the hospital. So the complexity of not knowing you were pregnant, right? Then thinking you're, okay, what's even happening so I'm losing pregnancy no I'm not just that I'm dying I've been dying for five days and I had no idea of course we went straight to the hospital and thank God they operated on me and the doctor came out and saw us afterwards and she she said she'd not ever seen anything quite like that Um, I had lost three liters of blood inside my abdomen my abdomen was just full of blood she said the thing that had saved my life was a tiny little blood clot over an artery. Whoa. And so there I was. I just... <laughs> life will really knock you down, right? Yeah. But not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember, you know, I, was, I wasn't really scared in the moment at all. Uh, uh, that's, hmm. that's part of who I am. I just don't. That's not my default. I don't know why. Um, a therapist could probably unpack that. Hmm. I wasn't afraid, really, of, of anything. I was sad. I was terribly sad that it was happening in the moment. My yeah. heart was just, I'm thinking about my husband. I'm thinking about, yeah. if I don't wake up, what does that mean for my babies? All of those things. But I wasn't afraid. Yeah. Um, so... At- <laughs> Hey. Hey, we want you to be out here with us. Come here. Come here. Gotta be quiet, baby girl. We want you to be out here. She's like, someone is at the perimeter. It's okay. Come here. Come here. Thank you, but it's okay. Hi, baby. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, thank you. Oh, that's a burp. There you go, sweet girl. Thank you. So I wake up. The doctor comes to see you. And, you know, medical professionals, it's also like it's cut and dry in some ways because it has to be, you know. Yeah. So she sat down on the end of my bed. I knew, you know, and, and spoke to me and told me, like, just the gravity of what the situation had been. Yeah. That they weren't lying. Like, I was dying. And that... um she'd not seen anything that far advanced and has had someone survive it. And she was just like, you know, tears in her eyes. It could have been so different. Yeah. And so I was obviously in the hospital for a couple of days. I had barely any blood left. <laughs> I right, to, right. Uh, you know, 
get that get that going going for me and before they discharge you they they sit you down and they say you know whether you just given birth or whether you've just undergone something like that they talk you through your fertility options in the future super tactful mm-hmm. they have to do it and they say to me you know we just want you to know you're down to one tube now <laughs> probably not going to get pregnant again and unless you you know take some fertility drugs or pursue other options and i'm like okay well i just went through like the most traumatic near-death experience i've had so i'm not really thinking about that right now but it was definitely like dang is this part of my life over right right and i looked at jack my husband who's sitting there next to me i can only imagine i would love to hear him tell his side of the story at Mm. some point just Mm -hmm. without me interrupting him just listen um, because I can only imagine from him, his perspective, what that must've been like. Um, but he was there and I looked at him and I said, I don't want this to be the way this story, this part of our story ends. And he was like, let's get you home, <laughs> 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 you know? So we go on with our life. Six months go by and give or take. And we're in the mountains in North Georgia with our kids and our family for Thanksgiving. And I'm feeling really strange feeling really weird and I say to Jack I know that it's not possible for me to be pregnant but how many kids do I have Jason yeah Uh, so I say to Jack I think I need to get pregnant to see Tess and he goes listen I know you've been through a lot but I really don't think you need to put yourself through that I was like I don't know man I don't think it's the curvy roads up here I feel strange he goes okay sure gets me a three pack of tests took all three of them was pregnant with our son, Heath. Wow. <laughs> and that experience was the beginning of where I am now in my life. Like that was such a, that whole year really, but that experience, which is tucked in, like you said, it's in the second verse of this song. Yeah. It's tucked in there. It is. You could miss it if you're not paying attention. Yeah. That it changed me and it changed me in a way that isn't like you hear so many, you know, different people, they'll talk about near death experiences. Like I had a vision or I, you know, they see things or they, you know, it's something really like earth shattering for me. It was, I woke up and I was breathing and I could breathe. And Mm -hmm. the breath was the thing that kind of, I was laying in the hospital bed breathing. I can still feel those sheets under my body. And I said, okay, I have to be myself now. That was the beginning of letting go of a lot of the framework of my life that I had constructed around myself or that the culture had constructed around me that was not authentic and not what I was made to do or made to be. Mm -hmm. And so I lived that story that year and, you know, it didn't lead straight to anything other than being more awake. Yeah. I was more present, more awake. We're in Florida. You can't say that. <laughs> right. Okay. 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 Um, but so that, that. Shy though. I know. Thanks for owning your stories. Oh man. Thank you for sharing it. I hope it helps somebody. I do too. Oh. Where were we? Well, we were talking about Van Plating's gone woke. We were talking <laughs> about how you 
<laughs> how it was an awakening for you yes, and yes. how it was the beginning of an awakening yes. and that's not the kind of thing that you snap your fingers and you go i now need to have a solo career right or, no. or all the things that no. have followed yeah, since yeah, yeah. but but it's those those kind of pivotal moments in our lives and yours was especially impactful but mm-hmm. um you're talking about that moment and how it sort of like was a, an awakening for you. Yeah. It made me question a, a lot of things that I was carrying around with me. A lot of things I thought about what my place was in the world. And you and I've talked about this kind of stuff, just both growing up in the South and, you know, the church in the and church and that sort of Reagan era yeah. evangelicism yeah. that I grew up in. And, yeah. um, you know, I had already been shedding some of that stuff, but I think that experience really woke me up to more of what the truth was, and that is that I'm a whole human being Mm -hmm. just because I'm here, you know, Mm -hmm. and that I don't have to be a perfect mom, whatever that even means, Mm -hmm. or a perfect wife, like... A better way to say that what I'm trying to say would be this. My value as a human woman is not determined by my roles or my relationship to other people. Mm-hmm. I get one shot at this thing, mm-hmm. being alive. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to do my best to fit into what I think I'm supposed to do, I need to just be myself. Yeah and love people well, and love what I'm made to be well. And that was the beginning of this. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, I hope somebody hears this and listens to that song and has a similar feeling. That's not an easy realization Mm -mm. to come to, especially after years and years of messages that say something Mm -mm. very different. It causes you to challenge the whole framework that you've lived under, and that is not easy because it causes friction in relationships that you care about. You know, yeah, this is I mean, I'm I'm interested in I want to frame this without us just going overtly too political with this. Yeah, I know what you mean, but you know, I want to be gracious and I know what you mean. Yeah. And it's like because because I I think I mean, three of your four kids are girls Mm -hmm. in Florida. Yeah, I know. You know, and you had gone through that Mm -hmm. and that would be a different equation for those doctors right now yes it would i have thought about that and thought about that and thought about that i wouldn't be here if there had been more hoops for those doctors to jump through to save my life and i'm a woman of faith i know and i say that with all honesty yeah there I have so much grace for people who are trying their best to do what they think is right. I have very little grace for people who can minimize the worth of a mother. You know? Yeah. Because my kids wouldn't have a mother. Yeah. There's a lot more nuance than people tend to think. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, my hope as a human and as an artist and as a woman is that Songs like this one and songs that Amanda Shires writes and songs that my other peers put out like can kind of help soften that and help people see the whole picture of what this means. All of it. Yeah. You know, and hopefully have some grace and realize like it's not uh, politicizing 
life and death like that is not okay. Right. And mothers matter. And women matter. So do babies. Women matter. Yeah. Women matter. It's both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Women matter. Yeah. Do you, when you write a song like that, and, you, and now it's out in the world, mm-hmm. and now this deeper dive into it mm-hmm. is, is going to be out in the world. Mm-hmm. I would say most people who listen to your music are probably like-minded in a lot of ways. Right. But, you know, you make country music of a sort. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, what, how do you prepare yourself for any potential pushback or for being honest for yeah, being, yeah like that's a great question and that's one I don't really have an answer for I you know I, I don't know I do know that I have to be honest that's what I know I have to be honest and I can't call my experience uh, and diminish it yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. they had to terminate my pregnancy in order to save my life right um, the baby was not viable. It was blown into bits. I mean, I know that's graphic, but it's true. I think it's helpful, though. I mean, as hard as it is to, to, yeah. to say, like, that's a really helpful thing Yeah. when having these conversations. And women are not monsters who walk around just casually thinking, you know. Yeah. It's... So I don't know. I don't know how to prepare for that. I hope... God, you know, you can hope that you're your story falls on kind ears. I know that some of them won't be. And I just hope that the people who don't understand what I'm saying can at least say, you know what, that wasn't my experience. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe ask me in a few months. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to follow up and, you know, I, I just, I think that if we don't talk about it and like, you know, I, I, cause I, but I also think you have, I think, it's you have talked about this in other spaces. I definitely have. It's not like this is the first time you're uttering this, no, right? So I you've know. talked about this in other spaces. It's not the first time. It, it's not the first time, I, and it's it does get easier to tell that story. The more the more I make myself vulnerable, the more I can tell it. But I have been so fortunate for it to fall on ears who wanted to understand. Yeah. You know, and so I don't know. I also have to be careful to like protect myself and protect my heart. Yeah. And protect my kids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I do live uh, in the South and I love that and I love it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does mean that some of these conversations will be harder. And, you know, I, I guess I can just be hopefully cautiously optimistic that that hopefully I'll say this to me, it's worth the sacrifice of sharing this if it helps one other woman feel seen and not alone, and not alienated, you know, yeah. and like uh, ashamed of something that she had no control over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my prayer, you know, is, is that it can help. So that's why I'm willing to talk about it, and I hope that it is helpful. I, I don't want to get, uh, nobody wants to get dragged or, sure, you know, beat up for what they're saying especially when it's like a lived story a lived experience but i just can't control it so whoo i yeah, don't know we'll I see know. i just think i because again i expect more ears uh will be on this record than right. in the past you know right. and so yeah. like that may bring in people 
who because it has it does have a universal appeal Mm -hmm. these are great songs and they're great songs that that feel like they could be consumed by uh folks outside of the group of people who are already your rabid fans right, you already have right, a lot right, of us right. who love your music right. and are, are going to come to the table regardless but you're right. bringing more people to the table right. and right you know when that happens the i'm just really interested in the idea of how you navigate it because i mean i think about it too like not to compare at all what i do to what you do other than just the idea of like sometimes as new people are listening mm-hmm I think about old stuff I said. Oh, for sure. You know, you know for what sure. I mean? And because, because, because also my attitudes and beliefs and they change. Yeah. They it's grow. always changing. Hopefully. Right. Hopefully we're always growing. Hopefully we're changing. Hopefully I can just, you know, we, hopefully we both, you know, when you're in a public facing role, hopefully you can just do your best to navigate it humbly. Yeah. And ask questions. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Ask questions of them. Uh-huh. Let them ask questions of me and know yep. that like that doesn't nobody can ask me anything that invalidates my experience because it was real. Right. And I lived it. That's and a I, great point. And I can put boundaries up if I need to. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. The ability to tie it back to your lived experience rather than it being some sort of theoretical or hypothetical. It's very real. Right. And right. So you're not speaking from a place of like this is what you should do or believe or this is what you should know about the thing. You lived the thing. Right. And this is how you feel about it. And this is what you know to be true about it because you've been there. Right. That's a really powerful way of having those conversations. Yeah. And just knowing that I've been in the place that they are. Yeah. And thankfully I've been able to been blessed to be able to grow through it with a lot of learning. Yeah. And people have been kind and patient with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, Thanks for offering a safe space to talk about that stuff. I'm, I'm grateful. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And I was hoping it would be in an environment that felt safe. I'm, I'm grateful that... Uh, this is just for a second. Everybody bear with us. We're just <laughs> <Okay>. going <laughs> to talk about how much I appreciate Van's friendship. <laughs> But I, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm grateful that this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. That that is obviously intentional on my part, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful that it is. But I'm also, I'm also really grateful for. You know, we had dinner earlier, and and it was a, uh, I opened up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I needed to, and mm-hmm. I needed your counsel specifically, mm-hmm. um, and I think that, I'm gonna tie this back to the art, which is. I think it is those qualities about you, the the fact that you do uh, um, the subtext there mm-hmm. of all of this is that you lead with empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not judgmental. Mm-hmm. You are um, you are you have that rare quality of being sort of very decisive, not sort of in fact decisive, mm-hmm. and but also non-judgmental. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times. Those thing, those mm-hmm. two things, right? It's like yeah. a lot of a lot of people are in fact decisive, but it comes from a place of like I know what's best, right? And that's not the you personally and artistically uh-huh. doesn't seem like that's how you operate. No, I have this sort of internal thing 
that I've tried to learn to listen to. And I think I get better at it uh, the older I get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe by the time I'm 100, I'll be like so zen and I'll be like a (laughs) Jedi of following (laughs) this. There's this internal, like when I said to you a few minutes ago where I was like, I have to be honest. It's not I'm compelled because it's right to be honest. I Mm. literally, there's something in me that's like, that's all I can do. Like, I Mm. really can't not say it do you know what i mean i do yeah um my dad always used to say because of that i'm brutally honest yeah (laughs) because i'm uh, i would inadvertently in family situations say (laughs) the wrong thing because i thought i was supposed to tell the truth (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's like no 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 (laughs) no that's the opposite this is not that time i'm like oh (laughs) you know and so that's like it's literally a for better or worse thing (laughs) um that seems like you've honed that skill. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Still working on it. Yeah. Um, but thank you for seeing that uh, in me. That means a lot. For sure. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm double checking the time. We've been talking an hour. It <laughs> doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me either, but it kind of does. Like, golly, that was a quick hour. Um, so I, I don't, I don't want to go too 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 much longer because i feel like we could do this forever right um and i i want folks to to get their ears on the record and to get to it but like there's there's a couple other i mean the whole song uh, the whole record is uh is very personal and again Mm -hmm. like again that ability to take these sort of very deeply personal things Mm -hmm. some of which are very unpleasant right and to then turn them into bangers is incredible um thank you I don't know how much you want to tell about the story of Big Time Small Shot, but... <laughs> Look at you. You go straight for the two most uncomfortable songs. <laughs> I love it. I but, love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, go for it. But what I am interested in, especially with that, and, and yeah. please feel free to, you know, again, safe space. Yeah. Uh, but I, what I'm interested in about that song uh-huh. um, is, like... <laughs> the decision to write that down <laughs> and then to and then to to include it on the record it's best practical joke i've ever pulled off in my whole life <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about that decision making process and you know include however much you want to include about the story yes i okay so uh that song is word for word exactly how it happened uh i'm not going to say who it's about because sure. like i say in the song that person loves attention. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to give them that uh, that attention. Listen to me. So empathetic. Now uh. it's all revenge. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to write this song. It uh. had been floating in my brain um, because I was pissed off. And if you read the lyrics of this song, you'll get that. You'll get why. Pissed Real off. Real quick. And I had decided, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to write this song. I'm going to be mature and move on. And mm. then I got on Twitter. And and a gal I know was tweeting about the very damn same scenario. With the same guy? Different guy. Oh, okay. Different guy. And then all these other gals were hopping in, and they all had this common experience. It's the same, not the same dude, but it's the same dude. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck it. I'm writing this song. Oh, wow. I don't think I remember that. I might not have even told you that. Yeah. Or I, I, uh, Man, that makes me wonder about my algorithm that it wasn't coming my way, though, also, because I see most of your stuff. And yeah. And it's like... I don't know. This don't must know. have been... I think I wrote it last summer. Okay. I'll tell you once we're not taping okay. who I was, who I was, uh, who was on that thread. 
uh, and okay. that'll make you laugh even harder. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so she then DM'd me the gal had, that had started initiated the thread that convinced me I should just go ahead and write the song. Uh. And uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I just can't believe how much this happens to women. This mm. same scenario in different people's lives it it, it 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 just happens over and over and over and it shouldn't yeah. and it's so fucked up and stupid it's really stupid it's so stupid yeah and so i just sat down i was i sat down on the bed at the cabin where we were and i wrote the whole thing yeah and then i couldn't stop laughing and jack <laughs> came in and he was like what are you doing in here <laughs> and i played him the song and he was like you're not going to record that <laughs> and i was like at the time i was like it's kind of a joke song. I'm probably not going to record it. But then I started touring again. Uh-huh. And every time I play that song live, it brings down the house. Yeah, yeah. Women are hollering. Men are going, oh! Like It's yeah, like the yeah. most fun song to play in a bar because no one expects you to sing shit until you do. Right. And it's like a big one, you know, shit talking, man. Yeah. So loud. And the, and people are just invested in it. And I was like, I think it's got to go on the record. Mm-hmm. It's got to go on the record. I guess I got to figure out how this makes sense on the record. Yeah. And, um, and so I did. And I, <laughs> I even riffed on the person who inspired its aesthetic at the time, <laughs> which is why it's got the Tennessee three kind of sound going. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, the the layers to it are very uh, it's very Nashville by way of the Rolling Stones kind of. Um, I told my friend Scotty Murray who played Steel on it to play like play stuff that would get you fired from a Nashville gig. Oh, that's wow. why it's so squirrely. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then Will Payne Harrison played the electric guitar on that song. Okay. And they didn't hear each other's parts. They both tracked at the same time in different places and then sent me stuff. And then I put it all together and edited it so that it's sort of, it's like loosely controlled chaos, that song. And it's supposed to feel like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, um, that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. And it just, the song cracks me up. Like, I can never not laugh. And then Boys Club for Girls came in and sang all the backing vocals. Oh, well, not all of them, but a lot of the backing vocals okay. on the song and just kind of made it even more explosive. Um, they're up in Nashville as well, super cool girls. Um, but yeah, the story is is word for word exactly what happened. If you get the album, read the lyrics, it definitely did happen. And the reason I didn't shy away from any of the details is because I felt like it just tells too good, just like it is. Yeah. It tells like an old Johnny and June song would. Yeah. And that's part of my lexicon that I grew up with. You know, I grew up on country music. Right. Like, don't test me on country music playing. Yeah. Like, I can do that. Right, you know? right, right. And uh, I remember when I sent the demo of this song to Will, uh, he was like, have you always had this? I was like, oh, this I can do easy. The indie girl <laughs> thing I was actually trying, but this I could do all day long. You know, the spoken word and the, and he was like, you have been holding out on us big time. I was like, I didn't know I was good at this and would enjoy it, you know? Yeah. So that part of the aesthetic part was really just coming home to what I already, like, I've always been able to do that stuff. I just right. 
decided to do it. You know, I know this happens, but obviously, and especially in a post-COVID world, but like, I mean, post the start of COVID world, mm-hmm. it the idea of Will and what was the other guy's name? I don't want to leave oh, him out. Oh, Scotty Murray. Scotty Murray. So Will Payne Harrison and Scotty Murray tracking at the same time but not hearing each other's right. parts. Right. Like I know that's not a new phenomenon right. and that it's been like um accelerated in right. a covid world and in a in an internet world. But how like as a as a producer and writer of a record would you prefer that they would have had a chance if well, it was possible well, to so for that song, that was a really risky move. Uh-huh. It's a risky move in general. Usually, you know, when I'm layering an arrangement, I definitely want certain things to come before other things. Yeah. And those two instruments are treated like lead instruments in this song. So uh, a person who was more concerned about controlling the environment would have done one at a time. Mm-hmm. But I really just wanted to see, you know? I, I just wanted to see what it would do. Yeah. And so, and then when I heard it, there is no way they would have both played out as much as they did if they'd been able to hear the other guy. That awesome chaos that happens where they're dancing around each other in the bridge, mm-hmm. that never would have happened. It would have been neater, tidier, more controlled. I didn't want that song to sound controlled. I wanted it to sound like it was about to boil over the whole time oh and it does and it does oh my so gosh. production goes a lot far like the the idea of directing this kind of thing goes way beyond those parts it goes it's all about like creating that environment and like the layering when you're gonna layer you know what the other person hears like yeah yeah it's and it worked thank god it worked <laughs> yeah it worked it worked beautifully so the whole thing works beautifully and i'm just so proud of you Thank i'm you. so like grateful for your time and energy again to do this and i'm stoked for people to hear this record me too it is a huge step up it is and it's it's instantly and i've i got to listen to it you know perks of the jab i got to listen <laughs> to it a while back and immediately texted you yeah you know because it hit me immediately i for folks listening because you i think this is kind of helpful to understand how powerful this record was I had an especially difficult day mm-hmm. <laughs> when you sent me that when you sent me that record. Mm-hmm. I put on I put it in my ears and I I walked to get lunch. Mm-hmm. And and as soon as I got to the the lunch place, I it finished. Mm-hmm. And I just was like immediately grabbed my phone to text you. Mm-hmm. Just like the what you got from me was mm-hmm. like that was my gut. Mm-hmm. No edited me. Mm-hmm. No me trying to write a review or whatever. Right, right, right. You know, like me just pouring out, not that I'm not honest in reviews, but just pouring out, this is my gut feeling about this thing that is so beautiful and so expertly done. Thank you. And I'm just so excited for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And don't forget we end on what you're getting down on. So what art has you fired up at the moment, Van Plating? All right, let me think. I was just listening to... Man, I've been going through... I feel like last time you were listening to, like, Swedish yes. death metal or something. I forget. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me if I was, honestly. Man, what am I getting down on? Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I say this band's name right. Okay. So, do you know uh, Tammy Nielsen? 
I know that name. Beautiful artist uh, from New Zealand, and her brother Jay plays guitar for her. Uh huh. So he's a fellow um, petty nerd. Okay. And he texted me this band, and I have been listening to them nonstop yesterday and today, and I want to make sure I don't say their name wrong. Cool. Um, because it's a new band to me. They're not a new band. The album I'm enjoying, okay, it's called Blitzen Trapper. I'd never heard of them. And the album that he sent me first is from 08, so it's been yeah. around a long time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't know about them, and I'm like, all in. My friend, I I think it's on my Patreon. Yeah? Um, I'm pretty sure I released this on Patreon, but Eric Early is the principal songwriter and lead singer for Blitzen Trapper. Um, and I've been a fan since 07 or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed him. How did I miss this? Because and this band. I don't know how you missed the band. The reason you missed the interview was because we did a phoner. Mm-hmm. And a little insider baseball for folks, but I, I I like telling the story again because it's just like, sometimes it's, sometimes the recording doesn't work out. Right. So we did a phoner. Yeah. And the first 15 minutes of the interview are great. Uh-huh. And then you just can't hear him anymore. Oh, gosh. So, like, something, because there's a program that I, I hate doing phoners. Yeah. Just because it there's too, too many things can go wrong. Right. Like, I like doing face-to-face. Right. By far is the best. Right. If I can, if it's, if we have to do it remote, I'm grateful we have that technology. Right. I like Zoom because yeah. it does all the work for me. Right. Right. Totally, like, yeah. Like, uh, I know a lot of podcasters prefer to use different platforms because, mm-hmm sound quality is better or whatever. Right. But Zoom will record uh, two tracks for me. Mm-hmm. So if I need to do any editing, light editing. Right. I can do that. Um, and I know it's going to be there. And, yeah. and it's out in the cloud somewhere if it's not on my computer. Right, right. Like, I'm not going to lose it. But right. phoners? Yeah. I use a program, and that program sometimes just shits on me. Ugh. Just craps out. And so I, I interviewed Eric early. Right when um, Holy Smokes Future Jokes okay. came out, that record. It's and a great record. I discovered it this morning. It's a great record. <laughs> and and we talked about So the record, how much do you know about it before I... I've discovered them yesterday. Okay. okay. So that record was inspired by him reading George Saunders' novel, Lincoln and the Bardo. Oh, whoa. Which I got into because Jason Isbell was talking mm-hmm. about it. And... It's just a whirlwind of a book, mm-hmm. right? And it all takes place in a graveyard in one night, and uh, and it has to do with Abraham Lincoln's death. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that man's brain, right? <laughs> right. Eric Early's brain is just, and he's a um. I, I don't know if he's still doing it because I know they're on tour right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because they kind of took a little bit of a hiatus, then they made that record. Mm-hmm. Didn't really tour it much. It was kind of right in the middle of COVID, and now they're doing a little bit of light touring. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're getting anywhere near us, but if they do. Let me know. We got to do that. Yeah. Um, But uh, he's also just like a prince of a man. He's a social worker. Oh. You know, he's just like this great. So I have 15 minutes of that interview, which I posted, I think, on Patreon. Mm. And then it just, all of a sudden, you can only hear me. Oh. I know. Heartbreaking. I know. So I'm glad you got into Blitz and Trapper, though. I'm on my way to becoming a super fan. They're awesome. They're great live too. Uh, Chris and I went to Jackrabbits mm-hmm. in Jacksonville and saw them in like 2015. Yeah, and I mean, I'm listening to the writing like 
which of these tricks am I going to rip off on my next session? And when can I co-write with this guy? Because I am into it. Yeah. So into it. So cool. It is so cool. Great. Like, it's it's you don't often find writers that can be that unconventional and that catchy. Yep. And that observant all in the same song. Yeah, that's perfectly said. Yeah. Yep. That, um... That Holy Smokes Future Jokes record is very much that. Mm -hmm. I found a copy the other day um, at Park Ave CDs. Mm -hmm. I think I found it It, with like the splatter vinyl. Mm -hmm. It was in like the used $5 section or whatever. Oh my gosh. I know. It was just such a, one of those magical finds, you know? Um, So I've got it on vinyl. Well, my friend, again, thank you. This is oh an all timer, and thank you so much for being so honest and open as you always are. Thanks for having me back. It's just um, y'all thank you so much man thank all of you for listening the song you're hearing in this episode is they're gonna kill you anyway from her brilliant new album orange blossom child which will be released everywhere on september 15th 2023 vamplating.com to grab yourself a physical copy also keep up with her tour dates she's gonna be in nashville at americana fest this year so if you're gonna be there do not miss vamplating live she's incredible live in addition to being such a great songwriter and producer marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade follow us on youtube instagram tiktok reddit spoutable twitter blue sky mastodon we're on all the things subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app tell a friend about the show these are all free ways to support the marinade please go do that right now while you're listening if you haven't already it makes a big difference for us and costs so little of your time if you like what we're doing and you can swing it please consider joining our patreon community just two bucks a month, y'all. You can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show Jason's Journey where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the making of the marinade. You can now try a free trial of Patreon to see if you like it. No pressure. Try it for seven days. Set a reminder on your phone in case you want to cancel and keep going if you dig it. The last time Van and I talked, I actually released a whole separate conversation with her on Patreon. So you can access that for just two bucks a month if you know you want to support the show and you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription on patreon i totally get that you can venmo or paypal us just search the marinade and you'll see a picture of my face and you can donate whatever you feel comfortable donating we're just so grateful everybody for everyone who supports the show thank you so much for listening for spreading the word for providing these opportunities uh, to interview these incredible people like Van Plating. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.